podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, look at Solanke go here. Oh, he's crossing with confidence now. The day that Dominic Solanke arrived in the Premier League. If the first goal was fortunate, the second was sensational. Hello and welcome to episode number 89 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name is Sam Davis and with me in this episode, Jeff Hayward is joining me to dissect yesterday's 4-1 loss. What? Win. We won a Premier League match. That can't be right. Um, Yeah, it happened. Bournemouth won 4-1 after about 55, 60 minutes. You wouldn't have thought so, would have you? Leicester scored a scrappy goal and we were just playing goddamn awful. But then the SAS took charge. And when I say SAS, no, it's not Shearer and Sutton. It's Stanislas and Solanke. Solanke scoring two in the Premier League. Can you hear the joy and excitement in my voice? Yeah, you probably can. Really looking forward to speaking to Jeff. Plus, there's going to be some audio that we recorded from our full-time free-for-all. Loads of people on board and coming online and chatting away. And nice to see some smiley faces. Jeff's one of those, and he's with us after this. So, yeah, before we get him involved, uh, Leicester City, um, they've never beaten us at the Vitality Stadium. Weird that, isn't it? Um, But since being in the Premier League, what is our aggregate scoreline between us and Leicester City? We've had some high-scoring ones, we've had some draws, and we've had yesterday's, what do you call that, a tonking? There's a thumping, a hammering, a tonking... What's a 4-1? Either way, it was convincing. Maybe flattering based on the fact that two-thirds of the game we were abject and then the game just turned on that penalty. And after that, well, we seemed to play with confidence. It was oozing through our veins, wasn't it? But in the Premier League, what's the aggregate score between us and Leicester? I think you know. The answer will be at the end of the show. So... 4-1 at the Vitality. The comments from the full-time free-for-all are coming up later in the show. But first, let's speak to this man. So, wow, what a win at the Vitality. And I've got one happy person alongside me today. Happy, stunned, absolutely flabbergasted like you wouldn't believe after that and isn't it amazing where you watch a football match and for the majority of it we're poor yet for a small section we are brilliant and we end up scoring four no one expected that Jeff did they no no and high hopes after Spurs that we had a bit of our mojo coming back because we ended that game pretty strongly and you know deservedly should have Won that rather than just got a point. Kept a clean sheet, you know, looked solid. And then that first half was possibly 
up there with the worst first half. Certainly one of the some certainly comparable to Palace and comparable to Newcastle. Mm. I thought in terms of sloppiness, individual mistakes, um, bad luck, bad judgment. I mean, it was it was awful. We were playing so deep, we weren't getting out of our half, let alone threatening their goal at any point. And uh, we lose a terrible, terrible, terrible goal. We lose Nathan Ake. Thank goodness he made that challenge because that could have been 2-0. We would have been dead and buried. But, you know, we lose Nathan, our best player. Uh, And... Then we end up winning the game 4-1. I don't, it, I don't get it. it. It was an archetypal game of two halves, wasn't it? But when the team oh. sheets were announced at 6pm, you're looking at that thinking, mm, OK, but no Josh King. Uh, Stanislas was rested, which I thought seemed uh, quite an an interesting decision. Jan, Dan Juma starting. What do you think the thinking was behind not putting one of the best players in the previous match on the bench? I, th- I think he probably thought that uh junior needed a rest and couldn't last the full 90 maybe he was carrying a knock um dan juma uh, maybe the way that leicester play with all brighton on that right hand side maybe he thought he could expose him with dan juma's pace um that i'm sure is his thinking josh is obviously injured so he would have played because i mean you know Put Solanke on. Where are the goals going to come from? <laughs> well, yeah, that's what uh, that's <laughs> what most of us were thinking, and it seems like a lot of us have been clamouring for Sam Sarage. It, it seems that that he very much is his third choice striker after Solanke, Wilson, and Josh King. Uh, yeah, and he did get some minutes later on, which was nice to see, and you know, arguably he could have made the scoreline more flattering. But when the match started, I sort of said at the time it was dull. It was lifeless. There was a lack of belief, poor passing, lack of cohesion, um, a showing which left us utterly bereft of confidence. And I said in the uh, free-for-all show that it, it almost felt like taking your faithful family dog to the vets to be put down because it was that kind of slow, laborious performance. And you're thinking, you know, after this has been confirmed, we'll all feel better for it having been done. Uh, however, there was that flicker of life, wasn't there? But the first half, there were so many, so many mistakes. Even Lloyd Kelly, that's usually been dependable, uh, was making sloppy mistakes. Uh, of course, you know we'll probably comment on that when it comes to the goal. Also, you know Dan Juma's <laughs> suicide passes and Dan Gosling, the usually dependable centre midfielder, not his best game, let's say. Well, it was a similar sort of shape. And similar sort of side to the one that ended that Spurs game. In fact, played, you know, we played four four two in that game, and it was the same sort of shape. The back four was identical, but where whereas against Tottenham, we never looked in any trouble and actually uh, seemed to have a really good understanding. I don't, I don't know what's happened in the last two days, mm. but but there just was you're right no cohesion whatsoever the players just didn't seem to be at all on the same wavelengths and do you know what i mean you know what it's been like this uh, this weekend looking at those results coming in yeah. half time again watford newcastle i'm thinking oh we could get a newcastle victory here 2-1 west ham tonking norwich you think 
that's them safe. Uh, you look at Man City thumping Brighton, you think we've got to play them next. And then the afternoon games, when that goal got disallowed for Palace, mm. and then Villa rock up and, and score two from nowhere. And that Palace side, I'm sorry, but that is not the same Palace side we played. They were rubbish. Yeah. They were and rubbish. And the same, Newcastle, same with Newcastle as well. They, you know, they, I mean, of course, we gifted it to Newcastle somewhat. Uh, however, they certainly didn't seem like the same side that went to Vicarage Road either. They were not as bothered. And flipping Matt Ritchie, friend of the podcast, fouls, yeah. Deeney, fouls him for the first penalty that Deeney scores. And you just think, I, I mean, I was coming into tonight's game thinking all the omens are we're going to get beaten tonight and that'll be it because nothing has gone right for us this weekend in those results. And when they scored their first, that obviously just put a nail in your coffinous mood, didn't it? Because it was was horrendous up to that point. And it was just almost a comedy of errors, you could say. And just the way it went in was so Bournemouth. Yeah, it was a matter of time. There were a number of misplaced passes. I mean, Rico passing to Lerma in our our own penalty area was giving him a horrific pass. I mean, and the number of times that uh, you thought, they ought to have actually done better, but for some last-ditch defending or just, you know, they messed up. But the the problem we've had in these games since the the return from the lockdown has been uh, playing far too safe. You know, when the pass is on, we take an extra touch and suddenly that pass has gone. And Gosling had about three or four touches where... That pass was on, out to the right-hand side. Play it. Flipping play it. Play it. Uh-oh. Loses the ball, compounded by the fact that he didn't track Nacho on that one-two. So he gets a free sort of hit to, uh, across Ramsdale. And then what is Lloyd Kelly doing? Use your right foot. Yeah. It's, it's almost like it's a Charlie Daniels situation where, you know, he has got a right foot, but he just chooses at all times to play it on his left. And, yeah, one-nil down. And what do you do? Do you match? Do you watch with the sound on or sound off in terms of the fan noise? Uh, I was watch. I watch it with the sound on because mm. it it does sort of feel like there might be a crowd there and it gives yeah. it a bit more atmosphere. Yeah, I've been watching with it off uh, the last couple of games, and now that we got four points out of it, I don't know. Everyone's doing their superstitions. Craig Beasley was on the free for all last night, saying he's he's doing X, Y, Z, and other people are wearing certain items. And yeah. I'm probably going to be doing the same in terms of watching the sound off. And I just wanted to hear that the the players cared and heard Eddie hollering from the touchline, and it was so quiet really quiet, and it, it was funereal at times. So when the halftime whistle blew. I had my monologue almost planned out in my head, thought I was going to say it full time, thought I was going to tweet. Um, and, you know, the start of the second half, it it didn't change that, but he did make some changes in terms of personnel, didn't he? The big difference, I thought, was in the 44th minute where Solanke plays a nice touch off to Brooks who hits that shot. Yeah. And you know what? There was a little bit of belief there, thinking, you know what, we can play a bit, and if we if we have a go, we might actually score. Mm. Half time comes. Thankfully, he brings on Junior, and that was a fairly obvious um, change to make. Um, and I thought 
Gosling was probably shot after, you know, feeling that he'd gifted the goal and that just wasn't playing that well. So have a rest, bring on Billing. What I did think was interesting was it goes to a it goes to a sort of back three, plays Stacy, what, left wing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what what? As you do. <laughs> As you do. And then what that allowed him to do was with Stanislas on the right hand side was just play Brooks in a floating role. Yeah. And that that created so much more threat going forwards. And, you know, Brooks now has played 80 minutes. That, you know, that's 80 minutes that he's played, which is, you know, good for him. And that hopefully bodes well for future matches as well. You know, Man City coming up as well. Um, and, uh, you know, Steve Cook came in as well because, you know, Nathan Ake, of course, as you alluded to, his injury that he had. And then Steve Cook, you know, came in and he looked fairly assured at the back for most of that, I thought. He looked fairly solid. I thought the other thing that Leicester did for us was they took Ian Acho off. And uh, I don't know who that guy was that they brought on, but <laughs> yeah, can we play it? Can we play him instead? <laughs> he was terrible. So, um, however, you know, that first, I thought we had to score in that first sort of 10, 15 minutes. You look at that Watford game yesterday, they scored, I think, 50, 53, 54 minutes. And you felt that that chance that goes across goal and Callum just sort of, just sort of doesn't expect it and, and doesn't even take a shot. When that goes, you think, yes, it's not going to happen for us tonight. Because if it's going to happen, that needed to be the chance. And there were a couple of times during the opening stages of the second half where I just thought we we weren't looking amazingly sharp. And there was a ball that came into Dom Solanke, who could have turned and got a shot away quicker than what he did. And, you know, it was a a key opportunity. Yeah, there was... And there were a few of those where it just looked like it, you know, it wasn't going to happen. But lo and behold, we win a penalty out of nowhere. <laughs> out of nowhere. I mean, I was asking the TV the same question: Why is so anky? Why? <laughs> and and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I was even watching. I think I was, I was scratching my dog's ear at the time when Schmeichel gets that ball, and then suddenly. <laughs> Suddenly, Callum's fouled in the box. So what? What happened there? <laughs> yeah, it's it's. You know what? I must admit that um, for the second half, I, I was less interested in 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 what was happening on the TV. And there were numerous times I was looking down at my phone, or you know, just walking into the other room and just thinking, well, you know, the writing's on the wall here. I know what's going to happen. So there's yeah, the penalty came as a surprise. Stanislas stepped up. It took it his usual way, as he does, almost a kind of lofted side-footed pass into the uh, kind of upper section of the goal, one all, and you're thinking, okay, but within what? 60 seconds? It was, 90 seconds? Yeah, it was, it was like the next minute. The next minute. And that was Rico pumped down the, uh, the channel, down the left-hand channel, and Cannon beats Johnny Evans in the air, flicks it on, the ball falls to Solanke, and you and I were both thinking, please don't shoot. Please don't shoot. <laughs> and then uh, uh, nobody closes him down. So he thinks, I'll have a shot. And so yeah. he never shoots. He never shoots. And he's <laughs> scored. And the way it squirmed uh, over the line was so typical. It's one of them that, you know, strikers that haven't scored in a while, they'll take any goal, any goal. If it comes off their knee, their backside, the back of their head, whatever, it doesn't matter. And it was yeah. one of them that just um, just edged into the corner of the net and 
Wow. Um, it reminded me of, you know, Rico when he played that through ball to Callum Wilson against Everton. It wasn't exactly the same, but space just seemed to open up. And it was almost yeah. like the old Bournemouth, the way that um, we managed to open these teams up. And I haven't seen that in a long time. And then, obviously, Leicester went down to 10 men. And I, I don't know about you, but at two, as soon as that goal went in, the players were celebrating and then they stopped. And it's almost that moment is taken away. Like, Hannah said, what the hell's happened here? Yeah, I thought someone's someone's done some someone's handballed it Handball, in that move. Something. <laughs> something, something's gone on. And uh, uh, when I watched it again, and you thought he's been sent off, you thought, well, it, you, obviously you had to go. You can't, you can't. I mean, the cannon pushed him into the net to get the ball back, but you can't just kick out like that. And I think we all love Callum Wilson for his goals. We also love him because he gets penalties. And he just stuck his foot there in the right place when indeed he fouled him yeah. to get the penalty. And then he's, he's, he's that sort of arsey bloke that you hate playing against, that you just want to kick him every now and again when he does something like that. And he, he get, got the guy sent off and, you know, fantastic, really. 2-1 up then with ten playing against 10 men. And what happened to Leicester? They, they, yeah. it, you know, it was like they were... They completely lost the plot after that. They they showed they showed absolutely no appetite to get back into the game. They let us have possession. I mean, we played we did play well, um, but uh, but it it became so easy. It was like they were the ones struggling against relegation with no confidence. I recall a number of games where we have gone down to ten men, and it is it's actually sort of galvanised us and it has improved the way we play almost. I remember playing Huddersfield Town at home. We were 2-0 up at the time. Callum Wilson had scored a couple. Frano got sent off. And Huddersfield at that part of the season were were doing relatively well. It was in November and they were, you know, credit to them. I thought they played really well, but they we went down to 10 men. Yet we went on to, to win 4-0. I think Arta scored another one and... Uh, Callum Wilson, but it, it didn't have that effect on them whatsoever, did it? They were they were poor, and players like Stanislas seemed to have the freedom of the park on that right hand side. And Lerma was finding that ball out there on a number of occasions, wasn't he? Yeah, that that change of shape really helped us. And Vardy was anonymous in the second half. I, I, don't, I don't think he was bothered. Uh, whereas in the first half, their midfield was totally dominating us. You know, Tielemans, Perez, they were they were all over us and um it was it was it was surreal i'm not going to knock it because it was great uh and was it uh, lewis cook played that pass out to stanislas didn't he for the third goal which um yes it was yeah you know it just cuts in on his left you could see what he was going to do and he, he it you know nice to see johnny evans back heel it into the net for us i mean it, it was a nice bit of luck. And in fact, that was the thing about that whole period, yeah. 10, 15 minutes, whatever it was, we had some luck. Yeah. And then Dom Solanke. What? Well, well <laughs> I mean, he's an England striker, isn't he, obviously? <laughs> well, so, you know, let's see, you know, I, at that stage, I, I, I can't really remember what happened. So, you know, talk us through it. Well... Uh, Fuchs uh, gets the ball from the throw-in. I think he sees Bennett, the centre-half, yeah. uh, inside. And 
squares it. Now, I've criticised Solanke a lot for not closing down, not showing any energy and zero anticipation normally. Well, he anticipated that pass. He was on it in a flash. And I believe Jamie Redknapp called it an, an Iniesta shuffle <laughs> where he basically shows him, the, shows him a quick left-right, takes it past Bennett and then nutmegs mm. Schmeichel. And yeah. that... That is what we've wanted to see. That is what he can do. He's cracked it, you know. That's that's what you can do. Is it all? Oh a, God! Are all our smiles and happiness is it all a false dawn? Are we, or you know, are you just enjoying the moment? Uh, just enjoy the moment. I mean, you know, we're going to be without Nathan for the game against Man City. What's he going to do? Is he going to arrest players, give loads of reserves a chance, knowing that we'll probably lose, or is he going to try and? You know, played ten men behind the ball. Well, I um, think it's, a, it's got to be a case of damage limitation because goal difference could prove massive now. We're goal difference could matter. Yeah, he's got to play. He's got to play a strong side. I think he'll play just one up front. Maybe Solanke gets the gets the nod after that. Just yeah. play him up front. Give him a give him a game, and uh, let's see if we can pinch a point. You know, we'll probably uh, lose minimum three. I'd have thought. Yeah. So. Write that game off. It's all about Southampton and all about Everton. Yeah, individual moments can can often sway people's opinions of players and how the team played. You know, I've I've seen on Twitter where we've been absolutely dog for most of the game, 80, 85 minutes. People are panning us left, right and centre. One moment of genius from someone or a fluky moment or some kind of goal that we score. We end up winning 1-0. And then all of a sudden, it's like all the badness has been forgotten. Um, I'm sure that Eddie will be wanting to take the positives out of that, but I'm almost certain that that first 60 minutes will not go unnoticed as well because we were absolutely atrocious, weren't we? Yeah, and uh, after the game on on his interview, he was pretty mellow and recognised that we were poor in that first half. And, he, and they said, what was the team talk? And his response was effectively just go for it you know we are in the last chance to live what have you got to lose and the players responded I, what is weird is that that's pretty much this that was pretty much the same team that played against Tottenham mm. and yet it's a completely different performance and that's what two three days ago and, and you just sort of scratch your head in that first half and think hang on that same team did really well give or take one player you know, one or two yeah. players, and, they, and then suddenly they turn up in this game and they're rubbish. Billing comes on, he looks like a world beater again. So um, maybe, you know, one win and one very, very fortunate and unexpected win doesn't change anything. Um, we've got to look forward, though. We've got three points where we didn't expect to get three points, certainly after that first half, didn't expect to get any. We're still in there. Yeah, okay. that, that gives confidence, I think. Okay, let's let's assume that for both sides, Man City's a write-off. Uh, Watford have got Man City, uh, albeit at home. We're playing away at the Etihad. Our two matches that we've got then, what, what uh, we've got Saints at home, and we've got to play Everton away. They have to play West Ham away and yeah. Arsenal also away. In, yeah. in, in whose shoes would you rather be? I'd rather be in ours because. Um, I would be, I'll be very surprised off the way West Ham played against Norwich if Watford get anything against West Ham. And I think they'll lose to Man City and 
I think they will lose away at Arsenal. Mm. I mean, even even a uh, you know, I mean, is a draw favourable for West Ham and Watford, or do you think uh, you know heavy Watford? Uh, sorry, West Ham win would be. Uh, West, West Ham have got West Ham have got to go for the win. If they win that game against Watford, they're safe. I yeah. think. So you know, so they've got to go for it because yeah. if they don't, they don't really want it to be going down to that Villa game. Yeah. So that could be very dicey. Yeah. It could, it, it, it could be. So, yeah, you know, let's just assume then. Um, if Watford uh, were to lose at West Ham and then lose at Man City, which they probably will, um, they need to get three points. And, you know, we could get six. That would you know, put us level. So we're talking goal difference now. Is it a case of who loses against Man City the best? Um, I think that is a factor. We... I think we're playing. We're playing City, aren't we? Is it Wednesday night? Wednesday yeah, night so this it, So it's mad. I was just, you know, texting a few people today saying, it, it, "Like, isn't it bizarre that we have to play two matches before you know Watford even have to play, even have to kick a ball?" Which is bizarre. They play on the Thursday night, right? So we are playing Man City in the week where Man City actually have the FA Cup semi-final as well at the end of the week, don't they? Yeah, that's right. And yeah. I think, I think, obviously, you know, Pep wants to win some silverware because uh, it, it, it's also going to be the announcement of what they're going to do on the Champions League places yeah. tomorrow. So chances are City won't have a Champions League place. What they're going to do, they're going to want to win the FA Cup. Yeah. Do they really want to go all guns blazing against us on Wednesday night in a effectively a meaningless game mm. for them. Well, maybe they will play a few kids. Maybe they will take it easy a bit. Maybe, you know, it will be a, a, a less difficult game. Whereas when it comes to the uh, game when they play Watford, you know, it will be the same team that rocked up and smashed Brighton 5-0 mm. yesterday. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. You never know. And it, you just isn't, it amazing what, isn't it amazing what a win does? You know, and you yeah. know, for Watford fans, I was saying on uh, one of the videos yesterday about I was listening to From the Rookery End, which is a Watford podcast, and I think they're a team that are comparable with us. Well, they, they certainly have been this season, but in terms of size um, or, you know, potential fan base size, they're very similar. They've had a similar journey through the championship. They've been in the Premier League for as long as we have on this, you know, particular stretch. Um, and their supporters were really upbeat and they were obviously chuffed to bits and as good as saying that they were safe. But now I've got a feeling if we were to check the hashtag Watford FC and have a look, I think they'll be looking over their shoulders somewhat, won't they? Especially after nervous. what they saw in the last 25 minutes. Yeah, they'll be nervous after that. And uh, But, you know, it's, 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 it's not going to be easy for us to get um, two wins. We might get a win and a draw, and that might be enough, you know, if Watford yeah. don't get any points. Um, so I'm just I'm just pleased that we've given ourselves a chance. You know, yeah. it's it still feels, particularly after the games this weekend, that the Palace game and the Newcastle game were the ones that we really messed it up in. And yeah. you think if we'd have won both of those six points, you know, we'd be the ones saying, well, yeah. you know, we're we're in the driving seat and. And that I think is 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 still 
going to come back and bite us. In fact, I'd go even further back and say that when we got a nil-nil against Watford at the at Vicarage Lane earlier, yeah, Vicarage yeah. Road rather earlier this season, or when we drew nil-nil at home with Norwich, or when we lost one-nil at Norwich, mm. you know, it's those sort of games where you think, you know, just a bit more resilience, a bit more spark there, and then we'd have done it. But if the team knows better, you know, they they want to keep us going right to the last minute, don't they? So. They want to make sure we're entertained, don't they, Sam? Yeah, no, that's right. So we'll touch on Man City um, on this segment as well, because all these matches are coming so thick and fast. The team news uh, could obviously change. And, you know, we know that Nathan Ake will not be included. Um, Are there any other players that you would be bringing in for this one or any formation changes? Because obviously they are an absolute powerhouse and showing some of their best form that they've shown this season. I'm not sure we've got too many defensive options. I saw Simpson was on the bench tonight, which is, yeah. you know, something. But is he going to play a back five with Simpson in it? Doubt it. I think he'll probably play a back four, play five across the middle and one up front. And I think the five across the middle might even be um, Lerma, Billing, Gosling in the yeah. three sort of central positions, maybe. I, I don't know whether he'll play Brooks. He might rest Brooks, actually. Yeah, he might, you know, I think he might do. And I wouldn't be surprised if Stanislas is utilised because we've shown how defensively, uh, you know, very well he can play. He did well at Man United despite the yeah. scoreline. Um, yeah. and, and also at Wolves, I think him and uh, Smith sort of, you know, double teamed on up on Triore quite well. So yeah. maybe he would be involved. And then it's just a case of maybe who then fills in on that right side. Would you put, well, um, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe what he might do, maybe what he might do, Sam, is play Adam Smith on the right midfield. He's done that a few times. Yeah. Because um, uh, Smith, he didn't look too yeah. injured up in the stand. So he might do yeah. that. And maybe Stanislas and Dan Juma do a half each again. Yeah. It, I mean, it just shows how versatile and, uh, you know, we talk about having our best ever squad and how we seem to have just fluffed our lines on too many occasions this season. But having Jack Stacey on the left-hand side, you know, it's, it's almost like he played there like, all his life. And we've got some versatile players in there that can you know, fill in and in, in like different positions when we need to. And you know, Jack Stacey's a Premier League player. Um, I think that, you know, to be in the position that we're in, you know, based on the 25 minutes that I saw at the end, you kind of wonder how on earth has it come to this? Yeah, I'm totally with you. The The season is, has uh, been a big disappointment, particularly after we started reasonably well and that Manchester United victory and we we're all looking up and then suddenly it, it, it's um, yeah, it's decayed, and that December period where we played poorly and we got yeah. beaten badly in a number of games just really summed it up. I think we just um, it's it's been the blend of the players. They all look good on paper, but as a team, he's never found the right formula this season. Yeah, well. Man City ahead. Who knows how that will uh, finish? Jeff, uh, thank you very much for your thoughts once again. Cheers. Nice to be talking about a win for a change, eh? This is Mark Pugh, the foodie footballer, and you're listening to Back of the Net. (laughs) 
So brilliant to speak to Jeff Hayward there, who's obviously delighted a long, long way to go. However, we still have hope. And what is watching football and not having hope? Well, I mean, it's been awful so far, hasn't it? And if only we did that in some of the previous games, hey? Life would have been great and a lot more easier than it is at the moment. But AFC Bournemouth never do things the hard way. Maybe, maybe it gives us some false hope. Who knows? Alas, there were a number of people on the fans' full-time free-for-all. We do it on YouTube and Facebook after every game for just over an hour or so. Some of our recent ones have been about 90 minutes. Great to hear and see some new faces. If you want to get involved, well, you can do so. Just go to afcbpodcast.com slash take part. Grab your headphones, plug it into your device, and then, yeah, we'll chat cherries. But here were a few comments from the night. First person I'm going to bring in is Craig Beasley, and he has got a smile on his face. Craig, fucking brilliant, honestly, Sam. Absolutely over the moon, mate. Absolutely <laughs> over the moon. <laughs> honestly, at half time, I thought it was curtains. I was speaking to Tom Jordan, and I was like, "No, there's there's no hope." Um, you know, spoke to Kirk as well on Twitter. Um, you know, it was flat as a pancake. You know basically resigned myself to championship football next season and Solanke, you know well it's just it's just nice to have that feeling back isn't it and you know what it oh may God, not yeah. it may not result in anything uh we may uh you know lose heavily against man city who knows uh it could be saints that relegate us still however yeah. it's just nice to have that hope still and you know what I'm sort of resigned to the fact that I don't really care what division we end up in now. I've kind of had um, a lot of time to think about it. And there are pros, there are cons of being in the Premier League, being in the Championship. Um, one of which, of course, is the money side in the Premier League. Yeah. But in terms of like football enjoyment, we all know that the Championship was you know, the pinnacle. However, um, the Premier League gives us um, an incredible spotlight. And the, you know, the world saw tonight that AFC Bournemouth have got a bit of fight and we've, we've got a chance. Oh, honestly, I think we've got, you know, I, I still do, I still can't see us beating City. But, mm. you know, there's that small little hope that we could get something um, up there. Um, mm. You know, it's that hope that probably kills you. But at the same time, you know, there's that little bit of hope. Um, you know, I'm desperate to beat that bloody lot at the M27, mm. um, you know. And who knows what will happen against Everton. Um, but it's that little bit of hope, like you say, Sam. Um, I'm absolutely delighted. Um, I never saw that coming from Solanke. Um, it's, it's, it's that kind of goal that many strikers who are on a barren run of form, I mean, the mm. way it trickled over the line. And then from a, from a perspective of a fan watching, you're thinking, what on earth's going on? Now, can I ask, Did you do you watch with the, the fake... Uh, crowd sound on or do yeah, you yeah, watch it with the fake crowns right well for the past two performances I've watched it off I'm telling you now I'm doing that for the rest of the Premier League season we've got a point and then we've got three points but the way yeah. it went in and then all the kind of commotion afterwards I was thinking what's going on is it is it going to be VAR and as it happens you know Soyanuchu gets like sent off and you know it makes our job easier because you know playing against Leicester's 10 men we actually um 
played a bit more like the Bournemouth way, didn't we? And it was it was we fantastic did, yeah. to see. And we seem to have so much space and time on the ball, something that it seems we've rarely had up until this point. Oh, yeah. We, you know, we controlled the game. You know, as soon as Sajnicic went off, um, which was completely the right decision, um, you know, we controlled controlled the game and the team did ever so well. It, in fact, I said to somebody, um, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, I said they somehow they just turned into men possessed mm. um, at a certain point. And um, abs- honestly, mate, I'm absolutely delighted. Um, Solanke's second goal in particular was well taken. And I wonder <laughs> if this has given him... A little he's bit of confidence. Top scorer now, isn't he, or something stupid based on the fact he's got to you? Who knows? But yeah, you know, I mean, that second one, as um, as AD Mansbridge says, am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? And Dan uh, Millar, hello, mate. Hope you're well. He said, never write how or Bournemouth off. Traditionally, we've never done these things easy. There's a long way to go. And look, we're all just reveling in the excitement that we've got. And anyone on chat that's coming on and um, is saying that we are maybe, um, you know, enjoying the moment when we probably won't be staying in the Premier League. Well, look, look just let's enjoy this moment anyway. Um, I'm going to bring in uh, someone who's going to be very excited uh, from Florida, Paul Lawrence, who's here, and also Steve Browning's here as well. So I'll bring Steve in. But Paul, um, how Hi, was Paul. that? I've actually got a shirt on today, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> how are you it's feeling? Lucky. Uh, unbelievable. I mean, it's been... Um, Taking me on a roller coaster ever since the lockdown and the uh, return. And all I can tell you is that um, there was part of me that nearly turned it off at half time. I've not done that in a long time. I don't think I've ever walked out of a game late or anything like that. And I nearly, I nearly walked away from it because it was the most disgusting performance I'd seen in the first half. Mm. And I'm actually kind of really still. <laughs> Still frustrated that Nathan Ake gets injured from what is a ridiculous back pass. And, you know, if, if Ake's out for the rest of the season, I'm still going to be thinking about that. But but going back to the performance and kind of the reaction we got out of the lads really in the second half, as bad as the first half was, we were just looking for a bit of luck, something to claw our way back into the game. And obviously it's come from Schmeichel's horrendous, very casual kick out the box. I have no idea what he was doing. Um, and I thought, you know, at that point there against 10 men that we had a real chance to go on and win it. Um, and, and Sam, and as everyone just said there, the way that we played once we kind of, you know, tied the game up was just an example of what confidence can do. I know we're playing against 10 men. I understand that. But the way that we were knocking the ball around the movement, I've never seen movement off the ball like that in several games. And I'm just praying that Eddie can get them in there and say, look what happens when you feel good about um, the way that we're playing. And it's obviously still within the lads to play that way. They've just got, for whatever reason in the first half, they've got to have more belief. And I think finally this might be the belief that they need. I will say just add add something on um, Solanke. You could see the moment he scored that... There's a top player in there. Eddie Howe sees him every week at practice. His technical ability was better the second he scored. His decision-making, his movement, the way he was closing people down. I'm telling you right now, that might just be something there. That might be 
the the Solanke that we we hope is in there. Kurt Tovey, you you did your run this morning. You were feeling relatively positive, or it was kind of one of those motivational "we must win" type of speeches. And well, they they did wonders for you, mate. Uh, looks like I'm running a little bit more, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> um, I'm still wondering if I'm in a dream or not. Um, I mean, great at the end, obviously. And um, it's been a long time since me and the boy have celebrated like that. So it was a great feeling to have. Um, let's not get carried away that the first 65 minutes were not great. Um, they gifted us one goal and obviously left the doors open for the second goal. Um, so they let us in. Um, we took advantage of that. And then obviously the old Bournemouth and those players finally found that they're not bad footballers again. Um, and they and we and we obviously cleared them up 4-1 playing how we sh- how we've been playing in previous seasons. So, yeah, we were gifted two goals and then and then we were back. Um, so that's good to see. Confidence is there. Um, we're not going to be gifted another six points, in my opinion. We are going to have to play better than that because we can't hope that teams are going to let us in after 65 minutes. Yeah. But Solanke still scored two goals, Kurt. Come on, I want to hear you talk about it. Come on. <laughs> no, no problem. Um, so I've always um, I've always tried to stick up for him. Um, I've always <laughs> thought that there might be a player in there. I've always thought, you know, if he gets a goal, is it a confidence thing? I'd go back again and say the last few weeks and the last few runs, I have thought I'm going to hold back on commenting on Solanke and because it you know, there's only so many times you can do it. Now, we're only going to know going forward in the future whether he's going to become a world beater or whether these are just one-off moments that he's going to give us. Um, I hope it's the latter. Oh, sorry, it's, you know, he's going to become a world beater and a great player for us. Um, but that's we're only going to find that out in time. Great for him tonight. I'm hope, I think me and Craig said, you know, a few weeks ago that we thought it was a confidence thing and we were like saying that Callum's going to be out, he's going to be suspended, go with Solanke. If he gets a goal, it might just give him that lift. I'm hoping that's the case. We're only going to find out in time. It's a great moment for him. It's going to be a great night for him and we're all smiling. So that's where I'm at at the moment, Rich. <laughs> yeah. do I do that? agree with you, actually, Kurt, about... Um, you know, for the first 65 minutes, you know, we weren't brilliant. Um, however, that confidence eased back into the side. We played like the old Bournemouth. Um, we played and Solanke's second goal was fantastically taken. Um, you know, I didn't realise he had that in him. Um, <laughs> but there was that confidence that eased back into the side. Um and now what we've got to do, uh, what Eddie's got to do is package that up and say, right, OK, we've done that. It's there. It's there. We've got that. We need to take that into the Man City game, but especially the Southampton and Everton games, because those two games are the games that we need to win to stay in this league. Um, you know, the Man City game, I think they're always they're going to be very, very difficult to beat. Um, if we can actually get something from there, that's a bonus. Um, but we have to beat Southampton. We have to beat Everton. And, you know, if if we do that, you know, we deserve to be here. You know, the past couple of weeks, you know, we've shown anything but. 
um, against Newcastle, we were absolutely appalling. Um, against Palace, we were absolutely appalling. We can't go back to that. We need to make sure we package this up and move forwards from this. Hi, this is The Biggin, Steve Fletcher, and you're listening to Back of the Net. So, yeah, just remember, if you want to take part, all you need to do is go to afcbpodcast.com slash take part after every game. Unfortunately, Al Gard, he has been taken ill recently and he's been in a hospital. And Al, best wishes to you. Hope you get well soon. And maybe that performance was for you. Hey, I'll take that for one. Not bad, eh? So that just about wraps up another episode of Back of the Net. Thank you for listening this far. If you're liking what we're doing, then you're welcome to support us by buying us a coffee at afcbpodcast.com slash coffee. It's not actually a coffee, but it's just the numerical equivalent. You can pay on card and PayPal, all very secure. If you want to say thank you, we would appreciate it. But you're welcome to also leave us a review. To do that, it is free and You can give us five stars or whatever you want and leave a comment. We'd really appreciate that too. If you're looking for a preview for the Man City game, these these games are coming thick and fast, aren't they? But you can find that on our YouTube channel, so do subscribe to that. Now, at the start of the show, we asked you about do you remember? And what's the aggregate scoreline between AFC Bournemouth and Leicester City in the Premier League? Well, drumroll please. We're actually beating them 13-11 on aggregate. Decent, hey? Yeah, 13-11. They, they probably think we're their bogey side to some extent. We've never actually uh, lost to them at the Vitality Stadium, so the signs were always going to be pretty good, although for the large part of that game yesterday, we, we thought they were going to be bad, but the SAS came on board and did what they had to do. Really pleased to be talking positively for once. Maybe it won't last, but what is football without hope? Really appreciate you listening. This has been Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Oh, look at Solanke go here. Oh, he's crossing with confidence now. The day that Dominic Solanke arrived in the Premier League. If the first goal was fortunate, the second was sensational. Podcast Network.